0: Again, we'll be reading from Genesis chapter 1 today. This is God's word for us, his people. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. After she graduated from college, Abby got an entry-level job at a big corporation. And for 40 hours a week, she sits in a little cubicle in front of her computer, and she runs numbers to figure out price points for a line of women's clothes. The job isn't much fun, doesn't seem to matter that much. Abby doesn't even like the clothes that she works with there. They're not her style at all, and the job just drags on her. And all too often, she finds herself staring at the wall, wondering, Why am I even here? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Maggie is a member of the environmental care staff at a hospital, and that's basically a fancy way of saying she's a housekeeper. Her job is to clean stuff up, clean up the bathrooms in the patients' rooms, empty the trash, mop the floors, clean up other people's messes all the time. And you probably don't want to imagine all the messes that happen in hospitals that the environmental services staff have to deal with. Day after day, Maggie goes to work and she deals with grumpy people and other people's nasty messes. For many of us, the daily grind of work can be exhausting, empty, embarrassing even sometimes. And we get stuck in the day-to-day, and it can be so hard to see how our work matters at all. For the last few weeks, I've been asking some different people about this sermon series and what they think would be important to talk about. And one of the themes that came up a lot was that it's often hard to see why our work matters. Some people have a great sense of purpose in their day-to-day work, but for many of us, it's really a struggle to see why what we do even matters. So today, I want us to look at the big picture, to look at the vision that Genesis 1 gives us for our work, and to see why it matters. In our work... In our work, we reflect the image of God. In the creation story that we read today, humans are unique in having the call from God to do work. God calls us to work. And when we work, in some ways, we're like God. In our work, we reflect God's image. And Genesis 1 gives us two particular ways that our work enables us ...to image God, to be like Him in some small way. And we'll talk about those two ways today. First, in God's vision for work, we're called to be creative makers. And second, we're called to be caretakers. We're called to make things, and we're called to take care of creation. And as we do those things, we serve and reflect God. So first, God calls us to be creative makers. God's vision for our work is that we would create things... That we would make things. And obviously God is the first and the greatest creator. God made the world. Apart from God, nothing would exist. God is the one who brings the universe into being. And in Genesis chapter 1, we see God at work making the world. And on the sixth day, the day that we read from today, God makes the animals first. And then God, I can see him maybe pausing for a second. And then saying, let's make humanity in our image and our likeness. So they can rule over everything else and be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth and subdue it. Now that word for subdue there is really, really strong. It means have mastery over, assert your will over, arrange how you like. To subdue something is to make it just the way you want it to be. So when God created humanity to subdue the earth, He created them to make it into something. God didn't create the world as a totally finished project with nothing left to do. God created the world with all kinds of possibilities for development. And he gave us. He gave humans the task of developing his creation. And that means making specific concrete things that you can think of. But more broadly, it means just being creative beings. Being people who make things, who make tools, who create art, who develop culture, figuring out how to live in this world and not just to survive, but how to thrive and how to develop and enjoy creation is a call that God has put on our lives. I think sometimes we act more spiritual than God meant us to be. Sometimes we think that only certain sorts of work really matter and everything else is just a job, But that's not how God made the world. God gave us the gift of this planet and he told us to get to work making things, developing new ideas, doing things. Our work mirrors God's work when we make things. And in that sense, all of our work is creative in some way, but we do need to approach it with the right vision. The story is told of three workers many, many years ago. And they were all working in a stone quarry with hand tools. They had big hammers, and they were breaking big rocks into smaller rocks all day. And someone went up to these three men, and he asked, What are you doing? And the first guy said, I think it's pretty obvious what we're doing. I got a big hammer. I hit the rocks. The big rocks turn into little rocks. That's what we're doing. And the second guy said, Well... I come here and I swing this hammer all day, day after day, so that I can go home tonight with some money in my pocket. I'm just here making a living. That's what we're doing. And the third guy said, I'm building a cathedral. I'm building a cathedral. The three guys were breaking big rocks into little rocks that were going to be built into a cathedral cathedral that's what i'm building i'm not just breaking rocks i'm building a great big building to glorify god now i suspect that's actually a made-up story but maybe it gets a point across or maybe your first thought is well that's nice but hardly any of us are building cathedrals anymore today right very few of us are actually engaged in a day-to-day basis on building big beautiful things to glorify god through and in one way, that's true. But in another way, what exactly do you think this whole world is? What do you think this whole world, this whole place is for? This whole world is built, it's being built to glorify God. And whatever we do, whatever we do to make this world a better place is a contribution to the building of this great earthly cathedral to glorify God. Now for artists, for creative types, for designers, for writers maybe, the implications here are obvious. When we make beautiful things, that glorify God, that glorifies God. What we usually think of as creative work, well that contributes to the good of the world that God has made. But this also applies to those of us who are engineers and builders, who are involved with making things. When we make good things, when we put them together well and make sure that they last as long as they're supposed to, we're glorifying God. Designing things in just the right way. Building things so they work right. Those are ways of reflecting God's creative activity. And this can even apply to those of us who are in banking and finance. When finance works right, it creates new possibilities. It opens the door for innovation it creates new possibilities for the world. You don't have to be in what we usually think of as a creative field to be part of answering this call for God. of God for us to be creative makers. You can be an artist, you can be an engineer, you can be a graphic designer, you can be a banker. In all of those fields and many more, we can be who God made us to be as creative makers, as people who reflect Who God is. Now I know that many of us don't actually experience things that way on our day to day week. How does this matter if I'm designing advertisements to sell beer? How does this really matter if I'm working on a system to deal with sewage? What if I'm working on a bad loan for an abandoned industrial property? This big-picture vision for work doesn't always translate very easily into our day-to-day lives. But remember today that we're talking about the big picture, about God's vision for our vocation. And remember also that we live in a broken, imperfect world. Things are broken, and that includes our work. And we'll talk more about that in a couple weeks. But for this week... For this week, I hope we can raise our eyes from the day-to-day grind and catch this vision that God made us to work. And when that work goes well, we're doing what we were designed to do. And that also means, by the way, that when we work, we are glorifying and loving and serving our Lord. The first and the greatest commandment Jesus tells us in Matthew 22 is to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind. And one way that we can do that, one way that we can love the Lord our God is by working. By developing the possibilities that God's put in the world. By doing good creative work, whatever that means in our particular field. When we do that work that God calls us to, we're honoring him. Or respecting him, or even showing our love for him, our work gives us the opportunity to keep the first and greatest commandment. One day, Abby got a break from sitting in that little windowless room setting prices, and she happened to go to a store where the line of clothing she worked on was on sale. And she heard two women discussing that some sweaters she just set the price for, and they were thrilled with them. This is great stuff, they said, and it's at a great price. I can't believe they can sell these things like this, and they look so good on me. I'm going to buy two or three, and I'm going to wear them this weekend. And Abby realized, yeah, she wasn't changing the world, but she was doing something good. She was helping to create a good thing, helping to develop a good product that served people. People. It brings God joy when we create, when we develop and make things. So even if your work isn't all that exciting or all that life-changing, it can still provide you with opportunities to reflect God's image by making things. We act as God's images when we're creative makers. And God, secondly, also calls us to be caretakers, to be caretakers, God created the world, as Genesis 1 tells us. But God continues to take care of the world, to sustain it. God rules over all things. Moment by moment, God cares for his world. Moment by moment, he takes care of creation. Last week, I mentioned that God that God encounters us in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Our Lord and Savior. And on the one hand, that means that Jesus saves us. He saves us from our sin. He saves us from the evil and brokenness of this world. And we should never forget that. And again, in a couple of weeks, we'll talk a bit about why that matters for our work. But this week, let's think about Jesus as our Lord. Jesus as our Lord. And that means Jesus is the king. That, mean that, that means that Jesus reigns over everything. It means that everything belongs to him. When God saved us, he didn't just yank us out of this world and take us to another world. God didn't just do away with his creation when things went wrong. So Jesus, our Lord, comes into this world that he created, and he gives us meaning and purpose, calling and vocation right here. Genesis 1 says that we're to rule over all the creatures of the earth. And the description there is a royal description. Of course, God is the king, he rules over everything, but he appoints each of us as his agents. We're kings and queens over creation. Usually in ancient times, people thought just the king, the king, the ruler of the nation, was God's image, and everyone else existed to serve that king. But Genesis 1 radically redefines that. Genesis 1 tells us that all of humanity, every single one of us, are God's image. And every single one of us have the call to rule over, to care for what God has made. And that includes taking care of the world, and it also includes taking care of other human beings. And that's a call that you can fulfill in any and every occupation. We don't always think of it this way, but every kind of work, or at least almost every kind of work, is essential for human flourishing. Let me give you just a mundane example of how that works. Those benches that you're sitting in, the pews. How would you make one of those all by yourself? Well, you probably have to start by going and finding a tree and chopping it down, right? So, before that, you need to make an axe or a saw or something. So, maybe you need to mine some metal, put it together, go chop down a tree. But after you chop down the tree, how are you going to get it anywhere? All right, now you need a cart or a truck to take the stuff somewhere. And where are you going to take it? Well, you've got to take it to a mill that can cut up the tree into flat pieces of wood so you can make a nice, smooth seat. And once you get it there, how are you going to finish it? Well, you need to. And it just goes on and on and on. Even a simple thing like making places to sit. It takes all kinds of workers and all kinds of people. Imagine that you had to do everything by yourself. Grow your own food, haul away your own garbage, build your own house. Absolutely everything by yourself. Life would be very, very limited. We'd be back to dwelling in caves and huddling around fires. So even if you don't feel like you're making anything with your job, maybe you can see how what you do contributes to the well-being of those around you. Engineers who make sure that our water is safe to drink, our buildings stay standing, our electricity keeps coming. People who stop grocery stores or cook at restaurants. People who make sure our food arrives safe and fresh. Delivery drivers who bring goods where they need to be. People who take away our garbage week after week after week. All of those occupations make human life better. All of them. And one way that God shows his providential care for us is through the work of other people. One way that God takes care of us is through the work of other people. And so one way that we can love our neighbors well, one way that we can make their lives better, is just by doing our work well. Competent work. Competent work makes life better. And when we do our work well, we're obeying God. When Jesus said that the first and greatest commandment was to love the Lord, he added, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And when someone hauls garbage away, that's a way of loving their neighbor as themselves. When someone cleans up someone else's messes, that's a way of loving their neighbor as themselves. Maggie, the hospital housekeeper, has a deeper vision for her work. Her job description, what she has to do, what she's supposed to do, is pretty simple. Clean up stuff. Just clean the stuff up. But Maggie has a deeper picture, a deeper sense of calling, of vocation. I believe that God put me here for a reason, Maggie will tell you. And how she does her work bears that out. Maggie's not really there to clean the room. Yeah, she does all the cleaning. She does a good job. But what she's really there to do is to take care of people. She doesn't go to work and say, okay, I'm going to mop the floors. I'm going to get out of here as quickly as I can. And her focus isn't on just, I got to make some money, so this is what I have to do. That's important. But her focus is on how can I help people today? So she offers words of encouragement, she empathizes with people's struggles. She rejoices with parents over new babies. She sympathizes with people in their pain. When a child on the pediatric floor at her hospital is having a hard time, the nurses often call Maggie to come and cheer the kid out. And she'll do anything she can to soothe their troubles. She'll sing or she'll make animal noises while she's cleaning the room. She'll tell stories. She once crawled underneath a kid's bed and started playing peekaboo, peekaboo, peekaboo. And somehow, in the midst of that child struggling, having someone crawl underneath their bed and start playing peekaboo kind of calm them down. It's not too often, if you're an average kid at least, that you get a housekeeper under your bed playing peekaboo with you. The plan worked great until a nurse came in and panicked because she thought Maggie had somehow fallen and slipped under the bed and couldn't get up. The, the price you pay for making people happy is sometimes unexpected. Very few of us. Very Very few of us get to really change the world in dramatic ways. Very few of us see incredible change in other people's lives because we go to work day after day. But all of us, all of us, no matter what we do, no matter if we work full-time or part-time, no matter if we volunteer, no matter what we do, All of us have the opportunity to care for people through our work. Maybe all we do is little things. Maybe all we do is sit in an office and run numbers day after day. Or clean stuff up for other people. Or just make sure that the garbage trucks run on time. Or that they run. Or just little tiny things. Just little things. But even in the little things, even in the little tiny things, we can reflect the goodness and the love of our providential God. Even in the smallest acts of service that you do. Even in just doing your job well, even if it sometimes feels kind of meaningless and kind of pointless. Even then, you're acting as God's agent. Even then, you're acting as a caretaker of this world, helping other people. Sometimes that's in really direct ways. Sometimes it's in indirect ways. But all of us, all of us can serve God and serve other people through what we do. What you do, what you do matters. We work because God made us to be makers and rulers. And God's vision for your vocation is deeper than you think. Everything that we do matters. Whether you're a doctor or a housekeeper, whether you're a salesman or a banker or a garbageman, your work matters to God and you can serve God through your work. Even through your job, whatever it is, you can reflect God's creative and caring work. Through our work, we create good in the world. Through our work, we care for the world and for other people. Through our work, we can fulfill the great commands to love God and to love our neighbor. God has a deep and wide vision for our vocation. It doesn't always work out quite right. There are all kinds of stumbles along the way and everyone has hard days in their job. But God has a vision for what you do. God cares about what you do, and what you do matters to God, and it shows up as good in other people's lives in all kinds of ways, maybe even in ways that you don't expect. I hope you're able to catch God's vision for your vocation and able to see how God can work in and through you, even in your job.